Welcome to the College Soccer Hype Podcast. I'm Zeb Taubleib, and I'm here to tell you about your highlight video. So, how long should your highlight video be is the most common question I receive from all of you. And the answer is it should be two to four minutes long. If you're a freshman, it can be one minute. It can be 15 seconds. Just give us some video. We need some video. Every coach needs some clips. If you're a sophomore, two minutes is good. If you're a junior, four minutes. You need a minimum of four minutes. If you do more than four minutes, it's a little annoying because coaches aren't really going to watch five minutes of your video. But if you don't have four minutes, they're kind of wondering like, do you have any highlights at all if you only have two minutes? So two to four minutes, three minutes and 30 seconds is fine as well, but two to four minutes. Now, what should be in your highlight video? That seems pretty obvious, right? The best moment should be in my video. Oh, that's true. Definitely not wrong. But in this recruiting process, the highlight video is probably 60%. Having a video just helps you so much. And then throughout the process, sending video. So if we combine not just your highlight video, but video in general, that's 60% of the recruiting process. Uh, well, let's say 40% because seeing you in person is probably a 60-ish percent. And then I know I'm not good at math because that would be over 100, but another piece of it is getting to know you as a person. So in saying all of those percentages, it's so important to have a highlight video and an every touch video and a full game timestamp video, which we'll jump into a little bit later. What I want to talk about now is the specific order of your highlight video. So in your highlight video, at the very beginning, you need a self-interview. The reason that I have all of my students, and if you go on my YouTube page, you can see every single highlight video that I've ever made for all of my students, and we make nearly 50 videos a month, you can see that they all have a self-interview. The reason you have a self-interview is for two reasons. One, when a coach is watching your video in college, they want to get to know you as a person. Now, we can't have a whole hour long you talking on the camera because that just takes too long and coaches don't really want to see that. But 15 seconds can tell you so much about a person. There's a famous book that talks about you could get to know somebody better if you saw their room for 15 seconds than if you spoke to them for half an hour. The premise here is first impressions make a lasting difference. Now, a coach may see the self-interview and go, I'll look at that later. Let me watch the soccer and hit skip, skip, watch soccer. And then they're going to go back at your self-interview and go, wow, that player may have dribbled and megged people and been, you know, kind of the personality I saw in that video was kind of cocky, but I just saw his self-interview. What a nice person. And if you are a foreigner, or if you have a weird name like mine, Zeb, coaches are concerned that you can't speak English because they get thousands of messages from Northern Africa or Eastern Europe where people are like, I want to play pro soccer, but that's, you know, it has nothing to do with college soccer, but they just don't know because they're international students. So it's really important that you have that self-interview to show you speak English, to show that you're a grown up, that you have good posture, that you're there to get recruited to play college soccer. And in that one sentence, I have my students say something like, my name is Zev. I play for ECNL Pittsburgh Riverhounds. I have a 4.0 GPA and I look forward to you watching my video. A little bit of personality then, but it's literally three seconds long. And while that's running on the right-hand side, you are going to have all that information. Your club level, so you need in the beginning of the video, your club level, your GPA, your name, your position, and one alkylate. Do not give us more than one alkylate. And do not put it in the middle of the screen with a photo. Okay, It needs to be organized and clean. The coaches are judging your ability to play college soccer and be a good student on this video. This is not about going pro where you just need a good soccer. This is about college. They are very different. And coaches are going to judge you on your professionalism of your video. And if it's not professional, they're going to assume 
that maybe you're not getting good grades, even if you have good grades, they'll be like, well, I don't know if they're really going to apply themselves. And also, which is very, you could call stereotypical racist, but it's just the reality that if you have a ill edited video, they're going to go, can this person even afford to go to college? Because remember, college is going to cost, even if you get a full scholarship, a minimum of 10000 a year, even if you get a full scholarship. People don't talk about the housing arrangements aren't always paid for, books, food, extra food, travel if you get really sick and it's not – and it's during a spring break or whatever. The school's not paying for that. It costs money to, to, to go to college, even if you get a full ride. And the chance of you getting a full ride is – not likely. I got a full ride scholarship, but it wasn't full athletic. I got half academic and half athletic. So the idea of getting a full ride athletic scholarship is just very unlikely. So the point is this video is showing them, look, I'm a professional. I want this. This is what I care about and watch my video. Now that's just the bare minimum. Okay. If you have that, it doesn't get you recruited. It's just like, okay, they met the bare minimum, which is to have a competent highlight video. Now, what should be in your highlight video? And this varies by position. So I'm going to start at the bottom and go to the top. So as a goalkeeper, if you're a goalkeeper, what should be at your highlight video, I say bottom because right, bottom of the field, goalkeeper is really different. And I'll make another video, a podcast on this, is very different than it is for the other players. So if you're a goalkeeper, you need what's called a training video, which is you training with a private coach going through drills don't worry so much what the drills are your private coach is very competent and knows what to do so just record yourself doing those drills then you also need a highlight video now here's the deal with the highlight video in terms of the order of the video in that very first minute should be your best moments your best saves your best one-on-ones your best corners you show us your feet then after that minute i want you to create chapters so chapters would mean on youtube you can section it so it'd be like it's very easy in the description of youtube you can type in zero colon zero zero to one minute to one colon zero zero so that's zero to one minute and during that youtube will automatically create a chapter and you can call it best moments then you can do the same thing from one zero one colon zero zero to three colon zero zero is the uh your feet or corners or crosses or 1v1s you can then split it up into sections but the very first minute should be the best moments then as a goalkeeper, I can't stress this enough. If you can do a side volley, you could probably play Division One college soccer. I mean, that's just value. If you can do an accurate side volley, it, it says so much about you as a person. It says that you love soccer. It says that you watch soccer. It says that you're very capable with your feet. It says that all you think about all day is trying to save balls out of the net, and you're really good with your feet. Now, I am a – even as a, as a coach, I am attracted to goalkeepers with really good feet. And in today's day and age, that's just – has to be the case. So if you can put side volleys in your video, it is a game changer. And the majority of youth kids cannot perform a side volley. So if you're a youth player that can do a side volley and a girl that can do a side volley, holy shenanigans. That is unbelievable. So please do so. I want to add one more thing for the girls listening. If you have any video of you playing with boys, that is a game changer. So please get video of you playing with boys, no matter what level, please play with boys. It is It will change your whole college recruiting process. Okay, side volleys, train with boys. So with the goalkeeper, that is the gist of it. Now, because of the training video and the highlight video, when you guys make an every touch video, same concept. You still have every single touch you take during that game. Now, odds are you're going to use your feet in that game more than your hand. Just statistically, that tends to be the case. So... Show us your feet 
And if there's no moments with your hands, you can clip multiple games together. So you could be like, this every touch video is from the last three games I played. And just combine them all because that will probably add up to about four minutes because you just don't touch the ball as much as everyone else does, which would be totally fine. Okay, so there is the goalkeeper. Now let's talk about center backs. So if you're a center back, what should be in your highlight video is the following. If you have a goal and assist that's amazing, a banger, whatnot, you know, catch us with that first clip. But like a minute's worth of goals as a center back depends what kind of goals they are. If they're outside the box or their head is off corners, then of course, who wouldn't love that? But I would like to add that coaches are looking for the following in your video. So my recommendation is goal assists like within the first two or three clips, then get into what we need to see, which is your ability to play out of the back, so we need to watch you play through lines, your ability to ping balls over distance, and your pace when you're defending, and your ability in the air. Those are the most important as a center back. So please try and squeeze that in into the first minute and 30 seconds. If you do that, the chances of you getting recruited, assuming you have good clips of those moments, is 10 times higher. And if you don't have good clips of those moments, go and get some, which which either means you need to go play in more games. Or you need to ask mom and dad to film you. And anybody out there that says, I can't get video, then you don't get to play college soccer. This is not an excuse you can use. You need to have your parents record. You need to have it yourself record. And as I make my content here at the podcast where you know I have hundreds and thousands of listeners, I am talking to the students. that You guys have to take this in your control. But those of you who are parents are listening, I'm hoping that this will educate you as well to go, oh, This is what my child should be asking me to do because if your child's really committed to this process, like I was when I was doing this, you know, I was constantly telling my mom, we need to do this, we need to do that. We were lost and confused and didn't know what the heck we were doing, but it was constant. I mean, we were constantly trying to figure out the right things to do and I was quite lucky. My family were actually in the film industry before. So the idea of making a highlight video was very normal. We were the ones, first ones really to to create what we call a self-interview. Um, and then there's one more piece that I want to talk about that my parents also thought of, which is the coach's interview. So when you do a coach's interview, you're going to have your self-interview, right? That explains. Then you're going to have the moments. Okay. And then I'm going to go through the positions. I'll finish the positions here in just a minute. I want to talk about this coach's interview. When you're doing the coach's interview in your videos, what you're going to do is you're going to go interview your coach. Upon interviewing your coach, you're going to ask him the following questions. Do you believe Sarah can play college soccer? That's question number one. Do you believe Sarah can play division one college soccer? Question number two. Do you believe Sarah can play division two college soccer, division three college soccer? Now, here's the deal. If you think they're not going to say yes to playing division one, one college soccer, then ask them a different division. If you think they're willing to say they can play college soccer, then just say, do you believe Sarah can play college soccer? Obviously pick the question that is best for your son or daughter and the editor, or if I edit it for you, will cut it to make it sound like it should. We're not lying, but we are going to give you the best image possible because that's important. The next question you're going to ask is, is Sarah coachable? And they'll go on and finish that. And then the next, the final question, so you really only need three questions, is would you recommend college coaches to look at your son or daughter? Now, here are some bonus questions and enter in their name. Here are some bonus questions that I like my students to ask. You're going to pick a strength of yours, whether it's your speed, your technical ability, and you're going to ask your coach, do you believe Sarah has the speed to play college soccer? And because you know that's a strength of yours and your coach also knows that, their coach will respond with, Sarah does have the speed to play college soccer. And that's really what college coaches are looking for. That's exactly that sentence right there 
do you believe they could play college soccer is like an okay sentence because like there's so many different levels of college soccer. If a coach said they could play college soccer, the coach is like, well, can they play like division one, division two, II, division three? You know, what does that mean? Because there's so many levels. But if you say they have the speed to play college soccer, college coach is like, I want to know who that player is. So what you're going to do is two things. When you interview your coach, you cannot just say, please. Uh, so for example, let's say you said, coach, do you believe Sarah can play college soccer? And they say, yes. That word yes is not a soundbite. So we can't edit that into the video. You have to make sure your coach repeats the question. So for example, you would say, your coach would say, or you would encourage your coach to say, do you believe Sarah can play college soccer? Sarah can definitely play college soccer. They have to repeat the name and repeat the sentence. Then the editor would cut out that soundbite and overlay it during the soccer parts because we don't want it separate. The coaches don't want to watch your coach do an interview. You could put the whole interview at the end of the video if you wanted to and put that in a chapter on YouTube like we talked about. But what we do with our students, again, if you go on my YouTube page called Soccer Guy, you'll see tons of examples of literally the self-interview and the coach interview. Now, sometimes your coach will not want to do this. Okay, that will happen. And if that's the case, I want you to say this to them. Coach, I've been told that it is unreasonable for me to ask you to call college coaches all over the country. So I've been recommended to have you go on video as a reference for me. So that way I can send your reference of me to college coaches so I don't have to ask you to call them. And you want to phrase it a little nicer than that, depending on your relationship. And if they still say, look, I don't want to be part of the video, which we have students say, then you don't get a college coach or you don't get a coach interview and you move on with your life. But I can tell you right now and I'll, I can send you a video or you can contact me directly. I've literally did that for a student. They were a senior. They wanted to play at Fairleigh Dickinson. They weren't responding. We added in a coach's interview. A week later, they responded saying, thank you so much. That was really helpful. We'd like to make you a deal. I did another student who was playing for, uh, that player was playing uh, E64. This other player was playing MLS Next, but wasn't playing any minutes because they were playing for Minnesota United. And Minnesota United kept bringing down professional players to play with the youth team. And he wasn't getting any minutes because he was good, but he maybe wasn't professional level at 16, 17. So what we did is we add the coach's interview and his coach was saying, look, Danny's a great soccer player. He just, you know, he's competing with pros. That self-coach's interview got him the offer to LaSalle where he committed for $80,000 worth in scholarship. The coach's interview is so important. But sometimes the coaches won't say yes and there's nothing you can do about it. Just so you know, right, I'm the college recruiting expert. Some of your coaches will be like, you don't need that. That's silly. They'll call me. Of course, that's possible that they'll call him. But now you're depending on somebody outside of your control to deal with your future. And the big message I have in these recruiting processes, do not give the power to anybody else. You need to be in control of your future. You deserve to have the power to get recruited, to say and depend on other people. Now it's out of your control. The coach maybe doesn't call. Maybe the coach doesn't pick up the phone. Maybe the college coach never calls him because he never got the self-coach's interview. So I want to make sure that this is like in your power. So please get the coach's interview. Okay, going back to positions. Now, we have the goal, goalkeepers done, center backs done, right back, left backs. So it's the pretty much the same concept as the goalkeeper. However, in this position, we want to see crosses and 1v1 defending. That's really everybody wants to see in a right back. Overlapping runs are lovely. You know, most college teams play a classic 4-5-1, which basically means their outside backs go really high and wide, depending on how familiar you are with soccer. You know, I... I played pro soccer for 10 years. I I own a semi-professional team and I play for them now and I'm, I'm obsessed. And 
I played abroad for many years, so my soccer IQ is really curious. So I love when I see inverted outside backs like Pep Guardiola does or Brighton do. But college coaches don't do that. College coaches keep their outside backs nice and wide, and they stay wide the whole time. At the highest levels, the Stanfords and the Wake Forest, they start to experiment with those concepts because they're very high level. But if you take 98% of college teams, they play a 4-5-1, a striker that plays up top, and a couple wingers, and then they've got their outside backs who stay nice and wide and make overlapping runs. So that's a good thing. Now, this is also where the recruiting process gets interesting. You know, Occidental, which is a really good Division three school, they play a 3-5-2, which means their outside backs are like wingers and outside backs. Some players suit that role better than other players. And if you're playing in a back three in your club team or if you're not, whatever it is, you know, this is a part of the process that I want to help you with and go, hey, did you know Occidental play a back three? Because of that, we actually need to change your video a tiny bit and we should have some clips of XYZ. So that's how specific we get. And the reason I learned how to do this was when I was playing high school, I you know, didn't know anything about college soccer teams other than what I had looked up online, but I was obsessed, right? I really, really wanted to play college soccer. So I would look up their team, look up their formation in the email, talk about how I watched them. And then I would say, look, in this clip that I sent you, I'm trying to do exactly as your team did. And the coaches were like, oh my gosh, we're in love with this player. This is amazing. And eventually that led to my full ride scholarship. Okay. So the next piece of this is the center midfielders, okay? We're going to start with defensive center midfielders. Depends if you play a 4-4-2 and you're just one of the two, but let's just make it easy, defensive center mid. So defensive center mid is an interesting thing. If you look up Rodri, R-O-D-R-I, on Manchester City, that's kind of what everybody wants right now is a version of that, which is like a sitting midfielder who really completes passes and sits in the hole. For that position in particular, all sorts of positions, but center backs know where they're supposed to be on the field. Pretty much every position has an idea. Defensive midfielders also are supposed to know where they're on the field, but they have more flexibility. Sometimes they may drift out wide, but their job is to stay in what we call the hole in a defensive part of the field. So because of that, highlight videos need to show that you're making tackles in the defensive part of the field. So first thing first, goals, assists, all that stuff, put that first. But then after the goals and assists, please, please put in your completed passes, playing through lines, very similar to center back. Show us your pings, then show us some tackles. Then you can show us those same things on repeat, but try and get the very first part of that in the minute 30 seconds. I want to say one other thing that I should have definitely added early on in this podcast, which is please zoom in. Okay. If you do a great clip, but we can barely tell it's worthless. Okay. Coaches are not going to review it twice. And you may, you're going to watch your video a thousand times over and be like, I can tell that was a goal. If you show it to a stranger and they cannot tell what happened, then it's not worth the clip. That's just the reality. And I know that's frustrating, but that's just how it is. So please, if it's a bad clip, you're going to have to toss it. Only give us clips that are clear and ideally closer to you. If you need to zoom in and it gets blurrier because you zoom in, zoom in, zoom in, zoom in, zoom in, zoom in, zoom in. Coaches need to see it. Now, I don't want all your clips zoomed in. That's for Instagram, which we'll talk about later. I want you to have both VO, huddle, trace clips. But of those clips, I do not need to see the sideline. If you're on the other side of the field, I don't need to see the other players. I just need to see your sequence. So zoom in, please, and thank you. Okay. Now, if you're an attacking center midfielder or a center midfielder, same exact concept, but you should be scoring goals and having assists. So that should be like the first minute of your video. Then you can go into through passes, which we love to see as well. And in your videos, which I want to add, if you can show us a bit of personality, a tackle, and then you give an applause, you know, let that run. 
if you help somebody up from having fallen down or they you score a goal and everyone gives you a high five, coaches go, oh, there was pressure to that game. It was meaningful because that's what you're going to face in college. So it's okay if you let the clip run for like an extra three seconds, but we do like the tempo pretty quick. So play, completed pass, next clip. Play, completed pass, next clip. When you make your circles and stuff, try not to pause the video for too long. We just need to see you really quickly. And it's annoying if you like put a circle, pause it. We have to wait three to four seconds for the play to continue. Just give us a quick circle just so we know who you are and move on. And I should have said that at the beginning as well. You definitely need a circle in all of your highlight videos, in every one you do all the time. I don't care if it's clear who you are, put a circle and make sure the circle shows up within the first 1.5 seconds of the clip. If it's not a circle within 1.5 seconds, coaches do not want to watch it. It is too annoying to try and find you. Okay. Now, We've covered goalkeepers, midfielders, center defensive mids, wingers. Now we need to talk about wingers because we didn't do wingers. Just kidding. So for wingers, 1v1, going forward and crosses. Defending, you don't have to worry about too much, but your crosses and should have some goals and assists and a nice cut-in banger would be lovely as well. And then you can kind of repeat that. And if you have pace, college coaches love a winger with pace. I mean... I didn't have pace in my career, in my career, current career as a pro. I'm good at passing balls through lines. If you want to look at my own highlight videos, you can look up Zev Taubleib and there's tons of highlight videos on there. And I was just good at passing soccer ball. If you want to get recruited to play college soccer as a winger, if you don't have pace as a winger, first of all, that's probably going to be a problem. Second is then you have to show us what you can do kind of playing on the inside and show us your technique and your ability as somebody who tucks inside. But college coaches love a winger with pace. If you've, you know, the Neymar, the Vinicius's of the world, they, coaches love that. That's, you know, something that I love. And if you go to an ID camp, which we'll talk about again later, it's way easier to stand out as a winger than it is as any other position because if you have pace, you can run by people and coaches immediately go, wow, it's amazing. And there's a silly story, but when I was on, I was playing college soccer, then I went pro. I was in Israel and I went during the transfer window in January to try and sign pro. And it was, I, you know, I did well. I passed the ball. I completed passes. But, you know, I, I was a defensive center mid. So, like, I played simple and did my job. And, you know, during the January transfer window, they're looking for somebody to come in and make a huge difference, score goals, you know, turn the game on its head. And that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to be really solid. You're going to win games because of me. And you'll really love me over the course of 30 games. On as a winger, though, you're going to love a winger, you know, within 10 minutes and then you're going to hate them within 10 minutes because they didn't defend, you know, if they're a bad winger. So that's what they were looking for. That's the same with ID camps. They're looking for that superstar winger. So if you're a winger, ID camps are specifically great for you. Okay. Now the final position, which is the striker. So the striker is pretty obvious. Your first clip should be goals. Your second clip should be assists. And then your third clip should be running in behind or laying it off, showing us either whatever your strength is, your hold-up play or your runs in behind. If you do that and you have goals and you're playing at a high-level club team, college soccer is very likely in the realm for you. Okay, so I've gone through all those positions now, so you should have a pretty good idea of what you should be doing in your highlight videos. What I also want to add here is what we talked about earlier, which is the every touch videos and the full game timestamps. So again, every touch videos are important for two reasons. One, you're going to be updating coaches, which they love. Two, because they need to see more video view to make a decision. At the Division three level, if you're not a top 25 D3 school, they're going to make a decision on you based off of video alone if they have to. They'd prefer to see you in person, but they will make decisions all by video. So for those of you who are like, I can't afford to play college soccer because I can't go to this club team or I can't go to that ID camp, 
You don't need to do any of that. If you focus on NAI and Division Three schools, you can get recruited on video alone. But you must make a lot of video. And then that brings me to full game timestamp. So a full game timestamp is when you watch the full game and you write down. So for example, in this podcast, I'm at minute 2341. So I would write down 2341 header ball. And then you'd write a whole list. But make sure when you do that, you don't give your opinion. Don't be like great tackle, amazing defensive play. Just give the coaches the facts. Okay. It, you may think it's amazing, which is cool. Okay. I like that you think it's amazing, but you're not a coach. So you don't get to decide if it's amazing. Let the coaches decide. But if you score a goal, but get an assist, put that in bold because that's a fact. It was a goal or it was assist. And if it was a good cross, put it in bold, but don't give your opinion because coaches don't want your opinions. Similar which this will overlap with other podcasts, is in your emails. If you say, I think I'd be a great candidate for your team. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You think you'd be a great kid? You don't know anything about my team. You're a no-name high school kid. You can't be talking about you think you'd be a great player for my team. You know nothing about me. And so coaches get really rubbed the wrong way when you are like, I would love to be on your team or I would love to make, I'd love to, I know I can make a difference. You don't know anything. So just give them the facts. Just tell them the facts. Just say the facts. Then when you get on a phone call with them and they say to you, how do you think you can make a difference for our team? Well, then I want you to brag about yourself because that's what they want. But until the phone call, please don't do that. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that was really helpful. Uh, I'm the college soccer guy. I have literally millions of views on my social media and hundreds of thousands of people listening to the podcast. If you liked it, please rate it so more people can learn about it. And then most of all, if you want help, please schedule a call with me and we can edit your highlight video for you and help you through this recruiting process. Thanks so much for your time and I'll talk to you soon.